Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Hello, hockey fans, and welcome once again to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I'm Mark Warner along with Chris Lisa. We are now going to be affiliated with the inaugural launch of the Hockey Writers Podcast page over at thehockeywriters.com. We're talking with J.D. Styles from Cali Sports News, reporting live from the Stanley Cup Finals. And today we're being joined by the first general manager in Las Vegas franchise history, George McPhee. With Pat Quinn, you know, I'm likely the finest man I've ever met in my life. This is the Vegas Hockey Podcast. We're talking with Quinn Malarchek. There's something about George McPhee that everybody says is a good pick. This is the Vegas Hockey Podcast, and we're talking with Dana Lane, play-by-play voice of the UNLV Rebel Hockey Team and owner of Dana Lane Sports. Joining us now is Matt Pryor of thehockeywriters.com. He's coming to us from the Dallas Stars training camp. Hockey fans, and welcome once again to another episode of the podcast. I'm Mark Warner, joined all the way from Long Island, New York, my erstwhile co-host and blogger, main on Isles fan-sided website. A good day to you, sir. Good day to you, sir. How 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 are we doing out there in Las Vegas? Oh, it's about ninety-five and blue skies, cool. but I'm looking at a I'm looking at a green pool, so I can't even jump in. Fighting a little algae outburst today, but uh, everything's good. Everything's good. What's uh, what's going on on Long Island, sir? You know, it's just a nice long Memorial Day weekend, uh, and uh, uh, weather's been a little up and down, but uh, seems to be okay for now. We're we're just waiting for the the start of the Stanley Cup uh, Finals on. Uh, Monday night, Memorial Day night. Well, speaking of Memorial Day, I want to give my personal shout out to all service members, past, present and future and all of their families for the sacrifices they made to help keep our country safe and free. Um, The price of freedom is usually blood and those guys and girls give willingly, voluntarily. And uh, every one of them deserves all of our respect. So let's remember what uh, Memorial Day is all about come Monday. Lift a glass of your beverage of choice and uh, just take a moment to remember all of the all of the men and women in service that uh, take care of our country. Uh, a little more business to get to today. Yeah, I want to thank uh, we are here at the, the, the dawn of the end of the season here. Um, I want to thank thehockeywriters.com for having our show on all season. We appreciate the affiliation. Um, so uh, thanks to thehockeywriters.com. Thanks to Ion Isles FS for having Chris on board for all of his fantastic Islanders content that he has over there. And thank you to all of our guests. Too many to mention. Every one of them came in, gave us a, gave us a great job. 
Um, I don't really remember Chris ever pulling a bad guest out of the hat for this season. So uh, special thanks to all of our guests, uh, one-timers and recurring friends of the show. And also to all of our listeners. Um, uh, we've expanded the show so much this year. Uh, we're across the pond in a bunch of European countries. We're seeing uh, those numbers come up every single week. Uh, our numbers in Canada also rising and our domestic here in the United States, we're, we're, we're getting good numbers. We're getting a rise every single week. So thanks to everybody who takes the time out of their, their Saturdays. It's pretty much where we've settled in now. Um, and throughout the week to take the time to listen to the show. We appreciate all your feedback and, and we just appreciate having you guys on board for the trip. Um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and break the ice now that all that's said and done. And, uh, I guess we can look back at the conference final series. Um, I'll let Chris jump out here. Which which series do you want to jump onto, and what what struck you most about the series? Well, you know, it was Ottawa's resiliency uh, after getting blown out in Game Five. Somehow, some way, they found a way to win Game Six. Uh, it seems like Pittsburgh had to puck the whole game, but. Uh, like Ottawa's done all year, they 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 found a way to win, forced a yep. game seven. And I got to tell you, even though Pittsburgh played tremendously, the longer that game went on, the more I thought Ottawa had a magic moment in them. When it went to the third period tie, now you uh, going into that game, I felt like if I was an Ottawa fan, and you told me you know it was nothing nothing after one, I'd be thrilled. I felt like that was the danger zone was that first period. So. To be in a tie game, uh, to go into the third period, I, I thought, mm, maybe, maybe Cinderella still has some time left. And then when they tied it, after Pittsburgh took the lead with, uh, I believe, about eight minutes and change, and then they were able to come back and tie it, uh, you know, again, in the over in the overtimes, Pittsburgh had clearly the, 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 the lion's share, for sure, of the chances. And the, and the play, but, you know, it only took, it only takes one, and sometimes it's a fluke's goal, uh, but it was not to be, it was just a tremendous series, uh, tremendous job by Ottawa and Pittsburgh, for that matter, uh, really one of the, one of the better uh, playoff hockey games you've seen in quite some time, and a game seven to boot. Yeah, absolutely, in fact, you texted me before the game and called an Ottawa win in overtime, and it could have been. Could have been a bounce of a puck here or there. Um, I said I you, said three two as did. well, so I just I, I just said the team wrong. <laughs> yes, you did. I got to give you credit on that one. Um, that's an instant classic right there. I had a couple conversations on Twitter this week after the the I think it was game three when it was was nothing nothing in the third or one one in the third, and people were people were tweeting about. I, I tweeted out what a fantastic hockey game it was and. People were tweeting me back saying that that uh, all boring game, blah blah. blah. It's like, uh, okay, <laughs> I'm not sure what else you want out of a hockey game or out of a series than what Ottawa and Pittsburgh presented to us. Um, it, you know, if you can't appreciate a one-one playoff game in the third period where every every possession and every bounce of the puck, um, every play just magnifies and magnifies until until something happens. I don't need and I and I said this on Twitter, I don't need a five three hockey game to be entertained by the sport. The beauty of the game is a one nothing game with ten minutes left in the period is is especially in the Eastern Conference Finals, that's 
it's just a beautiful thing to watch. And the way Anderson and at the time it was Flint were going back and forth, um, save after save after save. It wasn't, you know, it could have been a 5-3 hockey game in the third, except for the play of the goaltenders in that series. Um, that I, I thought that that whole series was fantastic. Hats off to Ottawa. We've said this the last few weeks that people have underestimated the Senators all year long, and, and you just they're, – they're that cockroach team now, I think, that, that if you don't kill them, they're going to just keep coming in. And, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of that in Nashville as well. Um, but if you don't step on them and grind them out, that, that, you know, an interesting stat, you mentioned the seven, nothing blowout. I, I saw a stat that there were three other games that were decided by more than six goals in these playoffs. And every time, all three times, the, the losing team came back and won the following game. So I don't know. I don't know what that means. Um, but it's, it's interesting to stat. Um, one of them, Edmund came back on the ducks, um, after a seven seven one, I think it was, and the other one escapes me. But I think Ottawa's got that cockroach thing going, man. Um, I don't know. And they have a bright, they have a very bright future too. I mean, this is a good core, and they have three of the top prospects in the sport in Thomas Shabbat, Colin White, and Logan Brown. And and I would be surprised if both Colin White and Thomas Shabbat. We're not part of this team uh, start come opening night next year. Logan Brown probably needs a little bit more seasoning, but he's not that far away. So they got they got some uh, top talent. Uh, not uh, that's pretty much here. So uh, and let's face it, they're they're in a good division, but not a great division. So uh, this is a, this is a team that that it shouldn't be uncommon that they they could be getting to com- at least conference finals over the next five years or so i don't know i was going to ask you how you felt about that because um with the east the way it is um and here i go i'm underestimating the senators again but um with the with the teams that that are on the rise and especially in the east you could count toronto you can count buffalo you can count um I still put Tampa Bay as a team if they can get their their roster locked sure. in with their salary cap issues. Um, it, I mean, the style of play that they play, they're going to be. I don't know, tough well, tough division. They, they, Go ahead. They 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 have a good core, and it's experience. But you know, this is not a bunch of thirty two, thirty three. This is in, in no disrespect to Corey Perry and Ryan Kessler or Ryan Kessler. These aren't guys. You know, 32, 33, knocking on 34. Uh, you know, the core of this team is in their mid to late 20s. They have they have depth. Uh, the one thing I will say is, uh, and he was tremendous all year, and got, and uh, knock on wood, and God bless him with everything he's dealing with off the ice with his wife. You know, Craig Anderson just turned 36 last week, and he signed for one more year. Um, so they're going to have to uh, look at a goaltender in terms of their uh, future, if it's in in-house or or if it's through a trade or through free agency, so that's that's probably the biggest thing I would say uh, down the road. Not that they can't uh, uh, go with Anderson next year uh, and and a, and a solid backup if they resign Mike Condon, who's at the UFA. Um, but I, I think they're in a really good place, and 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 they're they're. they're Guys like Shabbat and White and eventually Brown will be able to come to this team and not have to like 
carry the whole mail. They'll have such a deep team. They could just come in and be contributors and, and as young players, you know, do it do it the right way instead of putting putting the world on there, being like uh, Atlas, if you will, putting the world on, on your back and expecting uh, ridiculous things in their first year or two. So I do think they're in a good place. Uh, like I said, the goaltending thing will be over the next year or so, or maybe they try to make a move sooner. Maybe this summer they see an opportunity with a Phil Brubauer as a, as a as a situation and say, wow, that would be a great guy for us to get. Washington's going to trade him. Let's see if we can get him. So um, that's that's something I, I just to throw out there, a little, room, a little rumor for you off the top of my head. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I like where they're at. Well, there's going to be a lot of goalies available here come the end of the final, guaranteed. <laughs> um, and they might be had for some bargain deals based on do I want to lose him for free or do I want to take this third round pick? Um, and, and the closer you get to that expansion draft, the more pressing, you know, it's going to be a buyer's market. Um, you know, if, if the, okay, well, I'll, I'll give you a third for your goalie or you can shop around and maybe, you know, lose him for nothing. Um, call me back. So I think if they do want to address the goaltending position, it might be uniquely situated this year to go ahead and do that and get a quality player at kind of a basement bargain basement price. Um, speaking of backup goaltenders, uh, Jonathan Bernier kind of did not kind of did not fill the bill for the Anaheim Ducks came in in game seven, let the first shot he faced in. Um, I do have to do a little bit of uh, I guess I'll just self promote it. I did say last week that if any team could absorb the loss of their first two centers, <laughs> excuse me, and still go on to win a playoff series, it was the Nash Nashville Predators based on style, structure, and coaching staff. Bobby Lett did a fantastic job keeping that team uh, energized and focused. <clears throat> excuse me. And, yes, they did. Uh, we thought seven. Didn't need it. Um Talk a little bit about yeah, the Predators. Was... And, you know, the other thing, hold on, before we before we get to that. Yep. The other thing we said was that we, we thought, and, and I said it, um, maybe that this core group of Ducks was starting to be able to shake the, the, the I, and I don't, I, I don't like the term, but shake the choker label and maturing into their role as, as a, a playoff favorite. And I've kind of questioned whether winning one game seven in, in a playoff uh, run was enough to, to shake those cobwebs loose. And it didn't get to game seven. They didn't even need to lose the game seven. Um, I yeah, think their know, game I, seven. I, I, Go ahead. I kind, of, I kind of felt like they did a little bit uh, from this standpoint. First of all, you know, I live in the Penguins. You take any team, you know, you put them in the conference finals. It's game five, a 2-2 series, a 0-0 score after the first period ends, and you just lost your starting goalie. I mean, that is just – I mean, that is just – Yeah, I mean, tough. I mean, but... it, uh, that's just – I mean, that's probably worse than Nashville losing uh, uh, the center, center, center position. And I don't expect Nashville to – uh, you know, uh, have too much sympathy because they've got destroyed with injuries during these playoffs. But, see, like, in game six, when it's 3-1 in the third period, and you're like, well, 
you know, Nashville's going to take this. And for them to get back, get that game even uh, with with the with the backup goalie, I thought that they showed a lot of will and a lot of heart. And they couldn't get that next goal. That was the thing. They couldn't. So, you know, sometimes uh, you just get beat. And they did. Uh, I think the uh, the entry to the goaltending um, hurt. Uh, I, I think it kind of offset the injuries that Nashville had at the center position. We'll see in this next series how that how that plays out. Uh, both of you and I like Nashville. I think I took Nashville in seven, and you took Nashville in six. But after the, our last show, uh, I, I was really concerned from a Nashville standpoint on the center position. They had guys step up like Sissons and 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 and, and such. Uh, but I, I still kind of worry about that going into the finals. But kudos to Nashville. And hey, how about Peter Laviolette taking? Uh, yeah. The third franchise he's taken to a Stanley Cup final. He won one with Carolina and lost one with Philly. Third franchise he's taken to a Stanley Cup final. So that's pretty impressive himself. But, um, but you know, the Ducks are they're in a unique space because they are a bit of an older team. But they do have a lot of uh, – they do have some young guys on the roster, especially on defense. And they have other young guys knocking on the door, like uh, Max Jones off, uh, off the top of my head. I know – According to the Hockey News, Future Watch, five of the top 50 prospects, according to them, were Anaheim Ducks players. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this summer with Cam Fowler, who's a year away from free agency and will score a huge deal. So maybe he gets moved. Uh, I, I would think he would be the most likely guy uh, due to cap restrictions and due to their depth on defense as well. So, you know, we'll... We'll have to see, but uh, it sets up for a pretty good final, to say the least. Yep. Um, first time, and I thought I saw this stat. First time, two American-born co- coaches are going to face each other in a Stanley Cup final. Yep. Um, so that's that's always nice. I love to see the game expanding, and uh, another sign of 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 how that is happening. Um, What's uh, what's your first take? We're going to be delayed, and Dana may not even make it. He's having uh, issues, okay. unavoidable. So, no worries. We're going to do. We're going to work it until we hear from Dana or Andrew Andrew Forbes uh, from the Hockey yep, Writers. Andrew will be on, he'll be on in thirteen minutes. So, uh, okay. uh, in terms yep. of the series, uh, in terms of the series, um, well, obviously, special city teams. Both teams, uh, especially Nashville's power play, I think that's going to they, they, they've been very effective in these playoffs. Um, I, I think that's going to be a big key if Pittsburgh can kind of contain that power play. Um, you know, obviously both goalies are playing at a high level, to say the least. Uh, both teams are banged up. I mean, Nashville had a little bit, is going to have a little bit more time off before Monday night's game. Um, but uh, obviously that center position is is a bit worrisome for me. Uh, Mike Fisher, it sounds like they're hopeful he will uh, be ready for game one. So you, you never know with that until the game starts with, with how cryptic these teams are with injuries. I think it's going to be a long series, and I think that's a credit to Nashville by me saying that in terms of how depleted they are at center. Uh, but uh, I think Pittsburgh, just like the other night, will find a way in this series. They're just too deep. They're too talented. They are just too much refused to lose. Everyone is just buys in. 
Uh, it doesn't matter if you're Malkin or or uh, or uh, Brian Russ. And that's the other thing is it just seems like it's a different guy who scores a big goal, right? I mean, so, um, yeah, I, I think we're in for a long series. I'm hoping for seven. But uh, I would say, I'm going to say Pittsburgh is six. I'm going to save my prediction until after we speak with Mr. Forbes. Okay. Um, uh, give you give you some stats here to back up your your prediction here. Uh, goals per game, three point three seven for Pittsburgh, two point nine three for Nashville. Shots per game, thirty two for Pitt, thirty for Nashville. Um, Pittsburgh's kick clicking at a twenty three percent on their penalty kill, while Nashville's only clicking on a eighteen percent for their power play. So that edge goes to Pittsburgh. Um, let's see, going through a little list here. Um, well, this opening night's game, Pittsburgh's minus a dollar 60, depending on where you go. So Vegas has them as a, a minus a dollar 60 is a pretty consensus, pretty, pretty consensus I, favorite. I think, I think I read for the series that Pittsburgh is a, uh, a 150 favorite. I believe I read that. Yeah, I think that's about right. Dana was going to Dana was going to help us out with this a little bit, so I'm flying it off the cuff here. Uh Monday night's game over under is 5 and a half. Uh minus 130 for the under. Um let's see. Yeah, and it'll be interesting too because both teams will have a few days off, so while that's good for the bones and the muscles and all the aches and the pains the players are feeling for sure. Uh, I'll be curious to see in terms of, uh, you know, a little bit with the play. Does that mean a mistake or two? Do we get, because of that, do we get more of a, you know, a 4-3 kind of game? Bob, I think Pittsburgh's coming in the more banged up squad. That was that was a really physical series. Um, the days off are going to help them quite a bit. Head to head, their last ten. Pittsburgh's eight two and zero. Outscored them three goals to two. It's a three two league, says Coach Sutter. Outshooting them, more power play goals seven to four. Power plays are even. Uh, they click on a twenty one percent power play. Nashville is only clicking on twelve percent power play against Pittsburgh, and and Pittsburgh's penalty kill is eighty-seven to Nashville seventy-eight. Um, well, I, I I think the formula for Nashville to win this series, and like to get your take on this, is obviously going to be three things: one, Pecorino has to continue to play at extremely high a level; two, that defensive unit, which is the core of the team needs to play terrific in all three zones. And three, I mentioned before, the, the Nashville needs to cash in on the power play and somewhat uh, contain Pittsburgh. So those would be, yeah. uh, you know, my, my three keys for Nashville um, uh, going into the series. But, you know, they've, they've been some story in these playoffs. I, I wish uh, they at least had Ryan Johansson. I mean, also – Forget they've been went out Kevin Fiali as well since the first uh, I believe of no, the second round of the series early in the second round of the series against Correct. St. Louis. Although Penguin fans again are not going to show a lot of sympathy because they've been playing without their number one defenseman Chris Letang the entire playoffs and he only plays thirty minutes a, a game 
in these playoff, right. these playoff games. So, so everyone's got uh, serious injuries that they're dealing with, uh, to say the least. But that, that's kind of how I see uh, see this series. And uh, uh, it'll be interesting. You know, this is a different kind of team. Uh, Nashville has not faced, you know, Pittsburgh speed. And I tell you, that goal, uh, the first goal the other night, the play that Connor Sherry made when he – Directed the puck that led to the two-on-one. I mean, that was just. I was just uh, after after getting benched in Game Six. Yeah, that was just ridiculous. I mean, uh, <laughs> there was a lot of ridiculous is, play in that series. Yeah. Man. <laughs> that was that, that was, was just, that was some uh, real good hockey, man. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Injury-wise, though, I, I think it's gonna be. I love yeah, the seven gamer. I love Na- seven games Nashville. in overtime. I just like the last one. Fisher's questionable, and Craig Smith is questionable for for Monday. Um, Patrick Hornquist is questionable for Monday, and Chad Ruedel, uh questionable for Monday as well. Well, they got Schultz Tom back. Tom Kanaki. They got Schultz back, yeah, right? Um, uh, and Kanaki's also see, questionable. Yeah, I think you'll see Hornquist. Might take him a couple of games, but who knows? I think he and keep and well, you know that's another interesting aspect of the series is you know Hornquist. Obviously, they, these two teams made a big trade. Uh, I guess it's been a couple of years now with Hornquist coming to Pittsburgh and James Neal going uh, to Nashville. So you have that dynamic as well. You know those those uh, uh, you know pretty important players as well. So uh, it's another interesting uh, aspect as well. I don't know, man. I think Nashville, I, I might give it away a little bit, but they, they have that, I don't know, that kind of Cinderella run going. Um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't like the... They were definitely, it was Cinderella against the Blackhawks, but after that... Well, yeah, so, so in that case, yeah. you should be out in the first round, right? Right. Right. You know, you you play you play the Blackhawks in the first round. You're supposed to go home. So any anything after that's gravy. Right. <coughs> excuse me. Excuse me. And then uh, I, the Ducks were a decided favorite in that series. Interesting. Really, I thought I thought oh, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, no, it should be so. like I said. I think we're gonna. I actually have a quick question for you. Is gonna save it for Dana. I don't know much about it. I saw an article, a friend of the show, one of our guests from this year, which we'll have him back on, Derek Henley, Helling, uh, a fan cited, wrote a great article for them on, I guess, uh, they, the Golden Knights have squared away a TV deal. And from his article, yep. it made it sound like there's a, a lot of residents in Vegas that don't have access to this channel yet. Can you shed any light on that, sir, in terms of, uh, I don't know how much of a story that is out there. Um, it is it, uh, the deal is with Root Sports. Um, yep. The reason they went with the reason they went with Root Sports is because they do have access into Montana, Utah, Colorado, parts of California, and Northern Arizona. Um, the Knights were were granted for those of you who don't know the 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 biggest TV market rights of pretty much anybody i think it is of anybody in the league as far as i think they're going to be in possibly six states um i don't know the particulars on which which cable outlet here or direct tv or dish network actually carries root sports or not 
Um, pretty sure that's going to be the next deal that gets announced is that everyone in the Las Vegas market is going to be able to access Root Sports via DirecTV or we have Cox Cable here. So um, those are the two biggies in the market. Um, so I'm I, pretty sure that's going to get worked out. And there's also Cox that... So. Yeah, yeah. That, there's talk it's going to be... Some of the games are even going to be um, on, on over-the-air network TV here. They're trying to get a small package together to put some put a few of the home games on local TV as well. So um, don't fear yeah. Knights fans. It, it, it's all going to get worked out. Yeah. I mean, you got to think that if there is some gaps right now that before Bill Foley, uh, the, the owner of the Knights obviously made this deal that would root sports, there's no way I'm having my franchise and it's an all girls season, you know, not accessible to a, a bunch of fans, but we're trying to build something here. So, uh, that would just make no sense. So I, I would be, like I said, shocked if it didn't work out. Uh, right. At least, but I was just, I was just, you know, with you being on the, on the ground, as they say over there, uh, I'd be, I was just curious about, uh, uh, about that aspect. Um, yeah, not, not really even mentioned locally. Um, they did, they, you know, they brought up the root sports. And so now the, the radio, the radio package is in place. The TV package is in place. They just got to get the distributors um, on board locally to carry the carry the programming, and and I'm sure that's going to happen. Um, right now, I want to bring in Andrew Forbes, Maple Leafs contributor for the Hockey Writers, also an ISS Hockey Mentorship Scout. You can follow Andrew on Twitter at Andrew G Forbes. Recurring guest, thank you again, sir, for coming back in and chatting a little bit of hockey with us this week, Andrew. Oh, you guys know I'm always willing to jump on and talk some puck with you guys. Absolutely. We thank you and we appreciate you for doing it. Is the, uh, the ISS Hockey Mentorship a new thing with you? And if, you know, talk a little bit about that. Uh, it's just uh, I get I get to uh, kind of scout some local local kids here for minor midget. Uh, it you know it kind of coincides well with uh, having done play by play for the junior nights as well. So, I, right. you know I, I do play by play for uh, for the minor midget junior nights. So I get to get to see them prior to the OHL draft, and uh, just fit in well and and uh, get to learn a little bit more about scouting each player and and finding uh, you know some some hidden gems out there that uh you know maybe you wouldn't look at um on the outside but uh looking looking behind the scenes with leadership they're they're on ice talent how to break that down it's just a it's a good uh little asset to to carry with me now for um you know covering covering different levels of hockey no that that's nice too because you get to interact with all the kids and and anytime you can mentor kids around the game is is it's an opportunity it's not a chore you know what i mean Oh yeah, and you know what? There was one kid this year that I got to watch a lot in London. That uh, you know, we'll be hearing his name in the future. I, I can almost guarantee it. He's an East Coast kid. Uh, came to London to play, and uh, now he's just deciding whether he's going to be making the jump to the queue or whether he's going to go NCAA route. Um, but definitely a guy you're gonna you're gonna hear in the future. His name is Brett Budgel. Um, very good kid. Uh, really down to earth and uh, great family. So. I uh, look for him down the road. Okay, okay, we'll do. That's all real good stuff. Well, we just we just went through the conference finals and previewed the the final a little bit. Um, 
Starting starting in the East, what what did you take away uh, from from Ottawa's run, and and also how how Pittsburgh sets up to get it go back into their second consecutive final? Well, to start with Ottawa, you know, I I thought what a storybook playoff they had, and, and it would have been nice to see them go to the to the final and have have them face off against Nashville with you know all the storylines yeah. that they had with. Craig Anderson in and out of the lineup all year with his his uh, wife's diagnosis and sure. um, you know Clark MacArthur jumping in after two year almost two years of no hockey and you know even Carlson with the injuries that they had early in the season Hoffman was out uh, you know Stone was out so you know they kind of went through everything this year and I think everybody saw it how how much that brought this team together and you know each one of them have talked about it since since the uh since game 7 you know how much this team was different from teams of of years past and even Zach Smith tweeted something out the other day about you know woke up after the loss and just happy to be part of this team and and what we went through this year so you know it's it's a real brotherhood um with that sense team and you know I wouldn't be surprised to see them go deep again uh, next year. They're just that talented, I think. And, you know, they're, they're still building as well. They've got some good kids with Colin White in the, in the, uh, in the system now and, and things like that. So, um, you know, great, uh, great run for them. Uh, yeah, for sure. at best, they lost, they lost to a better team. Um, you know, Pittsburgh's as deep as they come and, and, you know, Kunitz hadn't scored since uh, what, February, early February. And uh, for him to come out and, and score when this team needed it, it just—it's uh, kind of a sign of of how Pittsburgh's been over the last few seasons. Yeah, it was, I was—I—I got to take off my impartial hat, and I—I I was kind of, you know, rooting for the underdog Senators and the Craig Anderson story um, to make that next step into the final. Myself, we've all seen Pittsburgh before. I think it would have been good for the league to have the fresh blood, to have the Canadian team. Um, you know, all those storylines, like you said, um, but definitely Chris had tweeted me before the game said, I'm calling Ottawa three, two in overtime and, you know, one bounce away from, from getting that right. Um, but yeah, you know, Guy Boucher uh, really had the game plan, had the style, had the structure, um, and you know, they did all they could against a, a, like you say, maybe maybe out manning a, a Pittsburgh team for a large portion of the series. But in the end, Pittsburgh, you know, just too talented, too, too quick. And, you know, the, the backhanded flip to Knitz and double overtime after Crosby goes, goes behind the neck, re- retrieves the puck, skates it up on his back hat. And then just, you know, even that little play, um, there's not a lot of people that could even, you know, soft touch that pass off the heel of the stick to where he could slam it upstairs like that. Um, so, so in the going to the West and we, we had talked last week that I thought, I thought Nashville was probably the best suited team to overcome the injuries to both Fisher and Johansson based on Laviolette structure, style of play and other personnel. Um, and I think we did that before Gibson was out. So I won't take too much credit. I think that probably had to do with how that series played out. But we were also talking about 
whether this core group and they're a mature veteran group when you're talking about the Ketzloffs and the Perry, um, whether or not they were maturing into a team that could shake that that and I, and I said it before and I don't like using the phrase but choker label when it comes to you know playoff hockey and I wasn't convinced really that winning one game seven in a playoff uh, run was enough to ch- take that out of their psyche but I, I mean with that with Gibson in that I think they probably go on and win it win that in seven but how about Smashville um, overcoming those injuries and, and, you know, just overcoming that coming out, overcoming, blowing the two goal lead in the third period in game six and going on to win that series. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing, yeah, you can't forget about Fiala going down either because he was so hot to start the playoffs for Nashville. For and, sure. And, you know, they, they lost him. They lost Johansson. They lost Fisher. Um, you know, it's just been, it's been it's been a run for them and, and you know what a what a fan base they have behind them if you've ever been to to Nashville to to get to see the fan base they have there what an underrated fan base in Nashville so give them credit to back this team the way they have um but you know it's funny there's so much talk about PK Subban and, and you know what he brings to the team and what he <laughs> the attitude that he has and his celebrations and how exuberant he is. And, you know, that, which is why they so traded him from Montreal, basically. Right. <laughs> that those are all the exactly. reasons that and, they said that he didn't fit in Montreal and Nashville's embraced it. Well, and at the time you even had Carey Price coming out and saying, you know, he just doesn't fit the mold of where we want to go. And, and it's funny okay. when, you know, Montreal sort of lacked that personality this season um, that got them yep. to where they were so successful and now you see Nashville going to the Stanley Cup final with a very yeah, good I chance of taking this one. I um, think so too. You know, a lot of a lot of credit due to David David Poyle and, and having sure. been there for so long. And you know, just the credit to him for going out and getting Subban, getting the piece they needed. Um, you know, fitting him in with with you know guys like Matthias Ekholm and. And you know, trading away a guy like Seth Jones earlier on for for to bring Johansson in, a guy that they needed a centerman. So Two you know, that trades kind of stuff, right there. Oh, very very much so. Absolutely, you need that. Absolutely. You need that. So I think credit to credit to him and credit to Nashville for for really doing what they need to do to get to get to you know the promised land. I don't know how you can say a Norris Trophy defenseman isn't where you want to go. Um, you know, there's with with uh, uh, victories, put it that way. And if the guy's excited to come to the rink every night and and play hockey and wears his, you know, wears his passion on his sleeve, so to speak. Um, we all remember <laughs> remember the kiss he threw on uh, Pierre, right? Um, uh, if if you can't get excited being around a player like that and the talent that that guy has. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know where you do want to go. Um, it's definitely not the conference finals. And, and look, looking at PK and, um, you know, in the post game there, that's the first thing that came to my mind was, I wonder if anybody on on uh, Montreal has a smile that big tonight. 
and, and I, I, I really highly doubt it. Uh, well, let me let me go ahead and bring Chris on board here. We we did we just finished up the conference finals, and and I'll let Chris get into a couple of the uh, the cup final questions for you. All right. Hey, Andrew, great great to have you back. Uh, I got a question uh, about the finals, and and you being the lead writer on the Leafs, I've got to ask you a question about them as well. We'll start with the finals. How much of a worry do you think it is, given how depleted the Predators are at the center position, going in, up against this matchup against the Penguins? Um, you know what? I, I, I'm not too worried. I think I think Nashville's filled their, their roster with so many role players to the point that, you know, they they found ways of filling those gaps. And, and you know, it hurts. It certainly hurts to, to lose guys like, Fiala and Johansson and Fisher, but you know, um, I think when it comes down to it, they they found ways of getting it done. And and yeah, you know, they got lucky with Gibson getting hurt, and you know that certainly didn't hurt, uh, hurt their chances. But all season long, they've played so well defensively. Uh, or sorry, Pe- uh, Pecorine and Net, you know, is having a heck of a heck of a run in the postseason here. And, and I think that's what it comes down to. We saw with Ottawa, people were talking about how boring of a team they were, but you know, defense wins championships. And, and right yeah. now you're in a seven game series. That's all that matters. If you win that seven games, you know, people aren't going to be talking about throughout the off season, you know, whether you played a boring trap game, they're going to be talking about, you know, the national predators, the Stanley cup champions. So I think that's, that's the way right. they have to look at it and, and sort of just fill the gaps as they, as they can, you know, throughout this series and, uh, you know, bringing guys like Johansson around, around the dressing room just to, you know, boost the, the morale is, is huge. And I think, uh, you know, they, they've done that well. And, you know, I think that's, that's going to be the key for, for Nashville in this series. And were you being obviously uh, a lead writer on the Leafs, two-part question here. If you can sum up your assessment of this season, and is the the top goal of Mr. Shanahan, Mr. Lamoureux, of this offseason to get a top defensive blue liner, uh, be it either free agency or trade? And do you have a name or two for us that you think uh, is a possibility and would be a good fit? Um, you know, to sum up the, the season, I think – I wrote I wrote a piece about uh, a couple weeks back saying that they had a relatively successful year. You know, making the playoffs, taking Washington to to six games. Um, you, you know, and I had a comment back to me saying that you know, of course, a leaf leaf writer would call it a relatively successful season. But you know, when you think about it, you're in year two of a of a rebuild. They talked so much about how much the pain there would be. And and it would take five years to even be remotely competitive. Well, you know, two years in, you've got a 40-goal score rookie. Um, you had three rookies in the top four in scoring on the team. And you have a goaltender signed to another four years that played, you know, 60-plus games and really stole some games for you down the stretch. Um, I would call that a pretty successful season, uh, considering. And you took the President's Trophy winning Washington Capitals to six games, all of which were one-goal games. So, you know, I, from from that standpoint, I, 
taking my leaf hat off for a second, you have to consider that uh, a successful season. And I, I do think that if Toronto had gone past the first round, I think they would have given uh, Pittsburgh a run for their money as well. So, um, you know, that's just the way I see it. Um, in terms of what they're looking for this off season, yeah, I think I think a defenseman um, probably you're looking for a top pairing. I think defenseman, but the issue is you don't want to be giving up too much for it. So I think I think they're going to have to trade JVR at some point. Uh, you know, he's in the last year of his contract. You don't want to lose him for for nothing. Um, and he's a guy that maybe has peaked at 62 points, right? So. I think at some point you gotta you gotta kind of decide whether you're gonna keep Bozak or, or JVR and trade the other and maybe use that to get a defenseman. Um, but you don't want to be giving up too much of your prospect pool. You've got one of the top prospect pools in the game right now, and uh, you got to hold on to that with with uh, you know your Nylander and guys like that. So um, I would say like if you're looking free agency route. You know, a guy like Carl Alsner might be a guy that you look for because he's he's a defensive uh, defenseman. He's not your not your guy that's going to go out there and pinch every every play. So, a guy like that's uh, somebody that you want to look for. Um, you know, I would have loved if they had gone out and and made a move for Jacob Truba last year when there was all that contract trouble. Um, but you know, they didn't, and, and maybe that's maybe they're looking to build to the draft in that sense as well. And if that's the long-term case, goals, sir. trust the process. Exactly. Yep. Long-term and, and goals. We've seen success. We've seen success in Toronto so far with, with building to the draft the last couple of years. So they've 100%. got pretty solid picks over the next two years. And, uh, you know, there's some, there's some pretty good D in this draft. Uh, so I'd, I'd be looking that route if I, if I'm Toronto, I don't want to be giving up too much. No, not at all. I think I think Toronto just needs a little seasoning on all that young spice, and uh, they're a great team to watch. I kind of kind of made it a point this year to to watch as much Maple Leaf hockey as I can. It's it's very rarely. I mean, a lot of teams have one guy coming up who's going to be a stud. Some teams have two guys coming up. Very rarely do you get to see three guys with that skill and that level of talent and maturity. Um, all come into mm-hmm. the league together at one time and make the kind of impact they did in in their first season. So, uh, very exciting team well, to watch, and it's great. To, go ahead. What did, What did we just talk about with PK Subban and having fun? And I think that's the there thing you go. These kids is, you know, Marner, Matthews, Nylander, They're all out there having fun. You saw Nylander take out Lundqvist at the World Championship after they won the gold. That's you know that's a kid that's out there having fun, enjoying the game, enjoying his job, and and you know, putting it all on the line for, for, you know, a piece of gold, a piece of glory. So I think that's yep. great. Absolutely. I know, I know you got to run and I got my next guest on, on the line, Andrew, make sure everybody follows Andrew on Twitter at Andrew G Forbes for all of his Maple Leafs content uh, links through to the hockey writers that also host this podcast. And we give another shout out to them. We appreciate the affiliation on our end as well. Andrew, thank you again for taking the time on a Saturday to come Wait, in and talk a little hockey. One last one last thing, Andrew, real quick. Do you have a prediction for us? Oh, yeah. Got to get yeah, it out got, there. Uh, I've got Nashville and six. Ooh. There you go. There you go. All right. All right. Okay, Andrew. Thank you again, sir. I got to let you go, buddy. Thanks, Anytime, Andrew. guys. And now we'll bring in our good friend of the show, Dana Lane. We'll go down the Vegas lane. 
with our UNLV play-by-play announcer, host of the Vegas Hockey Hotline weekdays from 1 to 2 on 1400 AM here in Las Vegas. Dana, what's up, buddy? Hey, how are you, man? I, I really appreciate don't even, you uh, rearranging Don't even worry about it, man. You're giving me uh, a lesson in how to stretch live radio, and I think we I think we did pretty good, actually. So everything's a learning curve, well, sir. Was, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, that was my intention all along. I mean, really. Uh, I love it. At uh, <laughs> 11.30, 11.45, I was just kind of twiddling my thumbs and thought I go. would help you out. But uh, always love being on, man. Appreciate you having me, and uh, Absolutely. we'll get straight next week. Well, we talked last week about uh, – we we just spent a lot of time going through the conference finals, so I don't want to I don't want to belabor that too much. One thing we didn't get a chance to talk about, and I want to throw this in the Golden Knights direction to get started with, is that uh, two two pieces of news. Uh, they do have the AHL affiliation official now with Chicago. There's some ins and outs on that with St. Louis, and maybe you could educate us a little bit on that. And then we did get the TV deal announcement, and Chris had a question. Uh, regarding the, the percentage of people in Las Vegas that actually are current subscribers to this root network. And uh, if you have any information on that as well, uh, start with the AHL affiliate because it's really like opening that Christmas present that you knew what it was, but your mom made you wait until Christmas to open it anyway. Um, we kind of had the feeling here locally all along that it was going to be Chicago. There was uh, a lot of Baruby talk as well, uh, but it is official now. And go through some of the ins and outs with that affiliation. Well, the affiliation, as you said, with Chicago is not a big surprise. I think it's a good affiliation at this point. I know we went back and forth. I mean, one minute you talk to uh, to Bill Foley, and he said, you know, we're gonna we're, we will be the primary team. I think uh, George McPhee at times said that they wouldn't be, and lo and behold, I guess they're the primary team. Uh, they are going to have seven to eight players um, on the uh, on the Chicago roster now. They won't be able to fill out the entire roster themselves, but Chicago is going to be a landing spot uh, for some players that if uh, other teams would like to uh, put them there to get some ice time, uh, they, will, uh, they would certainly consider that to be, uh, to, to be an option. Um, I think it's fantastic. The history uh, of Chicago and the American Hockey League has been one of success. It's a big-time yep. market and a big-time arena. I think it reflects well. Uh, considering the amount of people that we have in Las Vegas from Chicago. Um, you know, look, yep. we'll, we'll see exactly. It, it's an odd situation for St. Louis for sure because they're still, they still are going to have a, a little bit of a uh, footprint in there. And it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how exactly they handle our players versus their players. Um, and, and look, you know, they came out and said it right off the bat. You know, I, I think that. Uh, Mr. Levin, the uh, owner of the Chicago Wolves, said, you know, we want to be part of an organization with a focus on winning, and we think George McPhee uh, has the correct focus. And, and it is very odd because by saying that, he's taken – he took a lot of shots. A little shot. A little and, shot there, yeah. yeah. Well, not <laughs> little only – A little, little shot across shot. the bow. I mean, he, uh, <laughs> he, he, he said a lot of things about the St. Louis Blues, and – um, and so with that being said, I can't imagine the Blues would want too many of their players uh, playing for an owner that feels that way about their organization. But but for for Las Vegas, it's a great fit. Uh, we'll see where everybody you know fits in after the entry draft. But 
Um, it's exciting to to have it have a team there. Now, do I think it's going to be there in the long run? No, I don't. I mean, I think you're going to look at Utah, Reno, Riverside. Reno. I know Bill Foley mentioned Riverside. Yeah, I know. Well, I like know, Reno. <laughs> Got to be well, Reno, right? I, I, I don't mind Reno at all, and part of me can't wait to see a team that they cheer for have a little bit of Las Vegas on the uniform that they get to wear around. So uh, <laughs> privately, that's a little bit of a uh, fun thing for me. But I don't mind Reno, right, for and sure. I don't mind Utah either because West Valley is a fantastic place to play hockey. For sure. And and, and a lot of hockey fans up there as, as the oh, – I lost my train of thought. The Grizzlies, right? The, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies draw well every year. The Grizzlies do well. The East Center, uh, I think they call it something different now, but it was the East Center. And and keep in mind too, uh, the Grizzlies and the old Las Vegas Thunder here had quite so there was yeah, a bond, uh, a bond through disdain, if you will, uh, between the two markets. I, you know, hey, look, I I threw my my two cents in there. I you're having lunch with Bill one day, and I just said, look, I think St. Louis. Or I, I think Salt Lake City is fantastic, and and uh, you know I think he uh, probably took it into account, and we'll probably make that happen because of my suggestion. I think you're probably which is right. Com- I mean, why, why yeah. not? <laughs> right, which is a absolute complete joke. <laughs> well, no, there's also I mean, you mentioned the history the with with the Thunder and the Grizzlies, but there's also the the UNLV BYU m- matchup that I mean, we've had in recent years fans fans going nuts in the in the stands by I think w- one of BYU's players girlfriends in the stands started oh, a little yeah. bit of a rhubarb. Oh, I, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's uh, a lot of good right good feelings here yeah. between. Yeah, there's a lot of good feelings here between uh, UNLV and and BYU and and our community and their community. I mean, I mean, let's face it, it's we are polar opposites of what BYU and the state of Utah stands for here in Las Vegas. So it it it, it does get tense, sir. It does get tense, and that's a, I think I think you're onto something with the Salt Lake. Um, also, the the TV deal, sir. What can what can you tell us about Root Sports Network? Well, I do know this. Uh, I've seen a lot of Pirate and Penguin games, so I'm well aware of the production quality that Root puts out there. Um, right. I think they do a fantastic job. But we, we talk with, uh, you know, of course, the, the flip side of that is, okay, it's not available on Prism right now. It's not available on Cox Cable. But we talked to uh, Gary Bubbles, the team president, this week, and, you know, I flat out said to him, I said, look, I, I can't imagine you would make this deal without knowing you could get a deal done in, in, in for Cox, Cox Cable, please. at least. Because, yeah. because, honestly, it's like you can't be the team of the Rockies in Utah and Wyoming and Montana and Idaho and not be in Las Vegas. And you can say all you want about DirecTV, and that's great. And I love DirecTV, but you must be on Cox Cable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, yeah, we were talking earlier that there was an article Derek Helling wrote uh, about the percentage of, of people that don't have access to that based on the Cox Cable, uh, you know, uh, their choice. Um, you you got to know something's coming down the pipeline. <laughs> they're they're going to be on by the time uh, October rolls around. Have to be. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's uh, it is. It, listen, let's let's pretend for a second a deal is done with Cox and Prism and everything is any deal in the league for the amount of space and area 
that the National Hockey League has has deemed Las Vegas's area. And in addition yeah, to the states sure. and the areas that I just said, I mean, we get Eastern Colorado, Western Arizona, West or I'm sorry, Western San Bernardino Colorado, County in California, Eastern California, which is absolutely yeah. huge. So when it's all Ridiculous. said and done, you know, you're talking about seven different states that is deemed the Vegas Golden Knights market. I think that's a pretty obviously. Deal. That's the biggest uh, media market in in the league by far. Oh, it would ha- yeah, for, for sure. Because you know the East Coast almost works against each other as much as it works out in travel. You know, in, in the postseason, I Absolutely. always think that these uh, you know you know these teams that have to travel back east have a much easier time than say you know the Ducks and Kings unless they're playing each, each other and or they have an in-state rival or in-state game. Um, but yeah, it is absolutely the best deal. And Bill Foley can sit up in his ranch in Montana and watch Vegas Golden Knights hockey. And not only that, too, the radio deal with Lotus, it's not just with Lotus because the bottom, they're trying to get 15 to 20 games on in other markets as well. I mean, this is a right. sweet deal. And if you, I'm telling you, if you want to take, take a stranglehold of the Rockies, if you will, or maybe even just the West Coast, this is the way to do it. Well, all right, let me uh, let me bring in Chris here. Chris? Hey, Dana. Uh, glad you were able hey, to Chris. make it. Uh, so, you know, when we started this uh, some time ago, it seems like a long time ago, but, you know, the question of Vegas, would they put in an application? Would they get a team? They got yes, and now, but now we're, you know, Monday night is the Stanley Cup Finals, as you know, and the reality is, you know, we're about a little over 30 days away, or let's say 40 days away from having a complete roster from, you know, knowing uh, who they have taken from the expansion draft, the trades from the expansion draft, as well as the actual entry draft, and, uh, you know, free agency as well. So how excited is the community that, uh, Pretty much where, you know, other than uh, the Duke and Shippeloff, or uh, as I butcher his name, uh, <laughs> you know, we're going to have a, we're going to, we're going to have a, we're going to have a complete team. We're going to have uh, a first set of prospects from the draft. How excited is Las Vegas? Uh, June is, a, and especially that third week of June is going to be insane. And I always say, hey, look, I don't, don't focus just on that week because the first week of June, here we go with with the combines, and I know that that you know it's not the NFL, so people aren't you know planning their day around it. But that is a absolute huge deal where they get to not only you know watch these guys do non on ice activities, but they also get to interview. And part of the interview process is you know basically sitting down and looking a kid in the eye and saying, "Look, you know, this is these are some of the things that you're going to have to overcome in Las Vegas." These are some of the things that we expect of you. Are you able to handle this? And you look at the way he answers you. You you look at his, you know the body language and his ability to you know stare you right in the eye and say, yeah, I'm, that's not going to be a problem for me. I think that is huge, and I, I'm interested to see what the feedback is going to be off of those interviews. But you know, McPhee and, and Scott Luce and uh, you know, Don Scoff and, and Bob Lowe's and Kelly McCrimmon are all going to be part of that. Uh, they, I know McPhee's at the Memorial Cup now, and then they're going to go to Buffalo next week.
I guess Dana, the other the the next thing is why don't you uh, give you uh, give a give us a quick thought in your preview of the Stanley Cup final? What do you what kind of series do you do you expect? Well, I have to stay I have to stay with the Penguins, right? I mean, uh, you've rode them the whole if, way. If you've been if you've been riding them for three months, we got to stay with them. Uh, I was a little surprised that the number came out as high as it did, a minus a dollar sixty for the series. Uh, but uh, it's, it's around what I thought it could be. I, I thought that Nashville was more of a public team now, so that might have driven that number down maybe in the 45 range. But uh, Pittsburgh's a definitive favorite for sure. Um, it, you have to give Nashville credit for the road that they've taken there. And, and, again, game one for me is a game that I lay off the sides because I just need – I need to see what the residue of the previous series brings to the next series. I need to see, does the layoff affect Nashville, or are they fresh and ready to go? Uh, you know, what is the effect of Pittsburgh now having two seven-game series? Uh, I, I, I talk about this all the time. The fact that Matt Murray has, you know, basically had to overcome an injury, lo and behold, may be a plus because he's the freshest guy in the ice right now. So I really think it comes down, you know, to, to Murray and Rene for sure. Um, I think that definitely the, uh, the the forwards are going to have to come back as they as they did uh, against Ottawa and come back and help the defensemen a little bit more because of the loss of uh, Latang. But I thought Pittsburgh did a pretty good job of not allowing Ottawa to contain them, uh, not only in their own end but specifically through the neutral zone. So uh, I'm I'm on the Pens. Um, I I think it's going to go six or seven. Uh, there's a prop on that if you want to jump on that. But um, you know, for me, it's 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 a six or seven series. I know that's a cop out, uh, but I do like Pittsburgh uh, to win the Stanley Cup again. Well, you've been riding them the whole time, so I, I give you kudos for for staying with your pick. But I, I told Chris I'd I'd leave my pick for later in the show, and I'm I'm our previous guest Andrew Forbes of the Hockey Writers. Um. Oh, sorry, I got distracted. He takes Nashville in six. I'm taking Nashville in six. I think Laviolette, I think there's is, is at least equal coaching. <clears throat> I think the I'm a, I'm gonna say Nashville's defense core is less limited. Uh like you said, with Latang out. Um I think they're they're more dynamic, they're more able to contribute offensively and make up for the loss of Ryan Johansson. And I think Pecorin is Flat out standing on his head. I think uh, we, you did say Murray is is uh, the freshest guy on the ice. I think I think Pecorini and Murray maybe cancel each other out. I think they're both playing great. Um, I think the the and the, the the edge I have and Chris alluded to this earlier is Pittsburgh's specialty teams um, have dominated. I went through some stats earlier. They've dominated Nashville in the, over the last ten games um, to where uh, it's it's not even it's not even fun to talk about really if you from Nashville's perspective. But I, I think um, maybe it's a personal thing. I don't want to see Pittsburgh winning the, the Stanley Cup again. We've already seen that. <laughs> um, so I'm a, I'm gonna go with the new blood and this Nashville story. I'm on the bandwagon for here for the rest of the year, and I, I think it'd be great for Smashville. Uh, and and hockey in the Southwest in general, if Nashville could go ahead and pull off the upset. But I got to tell you, I mean, from that standpoint, 
I look, I mean, you get to this point and, you know, whatever. I mean, you can make an argument for either side. But for the game of hockey, it is better for Nashville to win this series and allow the rest of the the league to watch Nashville and, and the way that they embrace winning the Stanley Cup. And I think they'll do it as good as anybody else. And, 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 look, it's just better for hockey if Nashville wins. I will say, to your point about special teams, you know, there is the the, uh, the Wes McCauley, thank, thankfully, is going to be involved in this. We we always like it when Wes, Wes is involved. But he's not a guy that calls a lot of penalties. And I just, especially in this first game, uh, I'm definitely going on the under uh, under five and a half minus a dollar thirty five, just because I think it's really just a forty minute game because the first twenty minutes usually are two teams kind of feeling each other out, especially the game out. one of a yeah. yeah of a series of this magnitude. And McCauley just doesn't call a lot of penalties in a series that's not going to have a bunch called anyway because these guys put their whistles away. Uh, but you know, look, uh, the Penguins got seven players with a hundred or more playoff game experience. Uh, Hasbro, yeah. I think, has a, right around 150. And Nashville's got one player with five games of experience, and that's Mike Fisher. So uh, experience-wise, uh, it, you know. Well, I, now that, don't forget P.K. Subban. Don't forget Subban. He's got a few runs in the playoffs. Well, he doesn't have Stanley Cup runs, to my knowledge. No, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, I, I – He's I, about to, though. Whoever wins – Yes, he is. Well, I can add to this total after Monday, but the fact is, <laughs> if Nashville wins, it's great for hockey. If Pittsburgh wins, it's great for me, and I can listen to Brian Blessing for an hour tell me how right I am. <laughs> and that, that's worth that's the price really of admission right there. <laughs> that's exactly right. Oh, man. Because there I you have, go. I have, reduced, I have reduced Brian down to, I told you the Penguins wouldn't win. That's what that's what I've reduced his selections down to. So we'll we'll see uh, we'll see how this works out. But either way, it's good for hockey or good for me. There you go. There you go. Well, Dan, I'm gonna let you go. We got to wrap this up. Uh, thanks, thanks, thanks for coming. Even we made it work out. Everything worked good. And uh, appreciate Thank you. you working us in, even though you had to schedule this morning, sir. Well, well, it doesn't happen very much, but I had I didn't have a choice this morning, but. Best of luck to you guys. I always like talking to you and enjoy game one on Monday. Uh, all right. We'll do. We'll talk to you next week, man. Thanks, guys. All right. That's Dana Lane on the Vegas Hockey Podcast. Always always good to talk Dana Lane, man. Uh, he's, he's, he's been on the Penguins for a while. No question about it. Uh, he, gets, he gets to ride the horse. He gets to ride the horse. I am going with Nashville in six. I agree with Andrew. Uh, and I'm going to go back to what I before, style and structure. Um, I think for the most part, they can see Pittsburgh. Um, we've seen Pittsburgh go through a couple of physical series, and we'll see any, any lasting effects on it. Um, Nashville had a I'd say easy, easy time of it, but an easier schedule through the first two rounds. Um and, and and I guess that goes. Chris, Chris, you're on, on board with Dana, and I'm on. So some's got to give. Well, yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I'm saying Pittsburgh in six, but uh, no disrespect to the Penguin fans, I am rooting for Nashville. So uh, hey, everyone out there, make sure you follow our guests. 
uh, today. Uh, Dana Lane obviously joins us most weeks at Dana Lane NHL on Twitter and Andrew Forbes at Andrew G. Forbes, F-O-R-B-E-S as well. Uh, we're hoping next week we'll bring back the one and only J.D. Styles to get his take fingers on crossed. the Stanley yep. Cup Finals. Yeah, fingers crossed. So we hope that. Uh, it was great having Andrew back. I was just looking over the notes of the archives, if you will. We had him uh, do one of the uh, division previews, and then here we are. We yes. have him back for the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> it's amazing how fast everything goes. And everyone, again, Mark your calendars Saturday, June 17th, 11 a.m. Vegas start time. At, so 11 a.m. Pacific, 2, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. We have our annual uh, mock draft show. That's for the uh, the amateur draft. Uh, we're having uh, myself, uh, Mark, uh, Mark uh, here will be the master of ceremonies, and myself, Mark Shy from the Hockey Writers on the Columbus Blue Jackets, as well as Zach Devine, who's the hockey riders, hockey profits, double prospects, where is he not? Uh, we'll be making yeah. the picks for the top 15 picks. So that'll be a special show. It always is every year. And uh, that's only like two and a half, that's like three weeks away. So believe it, that's I hard know. to believe. That's right around the corner. Yeah. I mean, so. And right after that, uh, yeah, we're going to we'll, be wrapping up the expansion draft as well. So that, that's going to be a busy yeah. week for us. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to, uh, now thinking that out loud, uh, We'll have to do a show right after the expansion draft to break down, you know, who uh, uh, who Vegas got, you know, what trades they made in terms of the players now, the, the draft picks or the prospects they picked up and things of that nature. Yeah, it's it's going to be a busy, busy time, sir. Um, super exciting. Yeah. We, we got our uh, we got our entry into the, I'll be at the selection show there at T-Mobile Arena. Um, no, no live reporting out of me, but I will take plenty of notes and pictures and we'll get that up on, I can, I'm a, I'm a live tweet the selections as they come through. So everybody follow at Vegas hockey pod and, uh, you guys will know as soon as it happens, (coughs) getting a lot of feedback. Um, so I guess this is a good time to wrap it up. We got all our plugs in. So until, until next week for Chris on Mark and we're gone. (laughs) 